Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is, I'm going to call it the first off-season pod. It is off-season for OU. It is the middle of the college football playoff. We've got the championship game coming up. I'm Steve. Lucas. Connor. Jay. We're back at full strength. We're back at home. We're going to reassess where we've been, talk about the Sooner season in 2023, give a little bit of what's been going on in the transfer portal, talk about our expectations going into the spring, and then circle back to what's going on in the college football playoff landscape and and just in general what's going on in the college football uh, scene. And we'll talk about locks of the week at the very end. So let's talk about the season. Um, this kind of can kind of be a season wrap and an overview. We've had a, a bit of time to put the exhibition game of the bowl game behind us. I would say that we have to look at it in all of its pluses and minuses. In my opinion, it's an overall achievement of success. It's an advancement. We're better than we were the year before in significant ways. We definitely got better in, I think, all facets of the game, all said, or at least the two major facets of the game, offense and defense. Special teams, probably not. A lot of that comes down to a couple of specific players that underperformed, but uh, I'm very pleased with the defense. I think, Jay, you've got some stats on defense at how much they improved. Offense improved. Obviously, we've got some transition going on. We're losing an offensive coordinator that we think it's addition by subtraction. And Seth Luttrell is a very, a very good replacement. I think in the long run, Jackson Arnold is going to be a much better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. We still have a lot to be seen on offensive line to see how that good that is. That's my biggest question going into the spring. What do you guys think about what's happened so far, what 2023 looked like, and, and where we stand? Yeah, I mean, again, it, you go from 6-7 and seven to 10-3. and three. That by itself should be a, a solid indication of, of the improvements that were made. And I think you said it well in all facets of the game. Um, still a lot to be desired especially on the offensive side of the ball. And hopefully that transition between Levy and Gabriel to Luttrell, you know, uh, Finley, I guess if you want to say, and Arnold, um, hopefully that takes us up a notch. And I think it's what we've said, and it's what we said going into the bowl game. There's going to be some growing pains on that side of the ball, especially at the quarterback position, just because Arnold is young. Um, but we have he has a full offseason to figure that out. He was here for, for a full offseason last year. Um, so I'm excited. To your point, uh, the offensive line remains a massive concern. Jay, I think you put it really well earlier. You know, looking ahead, it's it's Biedenboe and Arnold. And if I had to say the one that I have a concern about, it's it's Biedenboe for sure. Um, and not just necessarily him, but the, the unit. Um, the unit as a whole. So what can he do over the next few weeks and, and into the into – the, uh, can can you contact players after the portal? Uh, yeah, I guess after the portal closes. When do coaches have to stop talking to – can you always talk to portal they just, portal guys? They just have to file their paperwork by – And then they're, by they're, they're, they're open to talk to. And then, yeah, then I think it's okay. But they just can't enter the portal tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Right, right. So – uh, we'll see what what happens over the next few weeks. There, you got to hope some of those discussions uh, happen sooner rather than later and get wrapped up. Uh, I'm nervous about that unit. I mean, going into a much more competitive defensive league like the SEC, you need a strong offensive line. And right now, I mean, with what we have, a lot of young guys, 
um, with a couple guys coming in with with some experience, it's a little nerve wracking. But overall, I'd say stock up entirely defensively. Amazing. I know Jay, like you said, Steve, you'll have some stuff for us. But um, being able to retain as many guys as we are on that side of the ball is going to be massive in the coming the coming SEC season. I'll say as a season wrap up, um, I had us nine and three, and we went ten and two. But honestly, if it was just one play in Kansas, one play at Oklahoma State, we're undefeated. So the difference in last year, we had all those losses of close games. And this year, we only ended up with two losses in close games. And what we probably only had, what, two or three other close games total? I mean, obviously, Texas was close. Rightful, um, rightfully so. SMU kept it close five, for a while. We had five close games and ended up. Three, three two. two. UCF was really close. That sounds about right. Yeah, UCF, UCF knocked two-point yeah. conversions, stoppage. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, we played much better than I thought um, when I had us with three regular season losses and we still had two. But those two could have very easily been wins if Jeff Levy doesn't suck. Um, also, in the Kansas game, the defense had a chance to, to finish that out and didn't. But um, I, I have to say I was very surprised by how much better the defense was in one year under Brent Venables, um, you know, him coming in and the defense had a bunch of busts last year, I feel like, and this year we looked a lot more steady. Um, Stutzman coming on like he did. Gentry looked really good when, when he had his chance pre-injury. And, of course, Bowman was probably the best player on the field for the overall season. And getting those two back alone is a big – big enhancement for next year because, you know, that's the captain of your defense, you know, in the middle of the field and the captain of the defense in the back of the field. Um, and then getting all the defense alignment to, to buy in and come back when, you know, a lot of those guys could have put in for the NFL draft and probably were sixth or seventh rounders maybe or undrafted free agents. But for them to come back to another year of college football is a huge benefit to us with the step up in – you know, strength that we're going to be looking at in a new conference next year. So, and, and they've got some competition, too, yeah. across the board in the defense. I mean, we're going to have it's some freshman like, linemen come in. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be playing. Yeah, so, uh, they so probably it's not like guaranteed right. to, to, to finish strong the entire season. You might be pushed for your job midseason. And then offensively, disappointment this year. I know Gabriel had great numbers. Uh, Jeff Levy never did it for me. I've questioned him since day one. Never liked the hire. Glad that he's gone. I don't care if he scores fifty a game in Mississippi State. He's I just he don't I don't think he's very good. And I'm glad that Latrell's gonna be in there now. I'm a little disappointed at the bowl game that he didn't get to instill or install really any part of his offense that I'd I'd hope to see at least, you know, three or four plays here and there. They did run some GT counter when Lebby just seemed like he was dead set against stuff like that. Um so It'll be nice to see when Latrell gets to put his imprint on the offense and see what that does for next year. I'll go a little different angle just because you guys pretty much touched up on everything. I think there was obvious growth in the coaching staff. I think we were better at clock management. We were better at our timeouts. We were better with in-game decision-making. Still not perfect. You can tell we're growing as a staff, which... You could argue that maybe you shouldn't have a staff that's learning still at the University of Oklahoma or a head coach, 
but that's where we're at. And I think, uh, I think there was improvement there. As Lucas mentioned, we got a little bit better at winning those tight games. Uh, we didn't fold as much. We didn't buckle as much. Um, Oh, really just trying to think of something else you guys didn't you know, I think, get on. I Yeah, sorry. Go how ahead, about the Emma Jones hire? Yeah. That was I mean, a great hire. Wide receivers, you know, whether it just be they're older or bringing in Andrew Anthony was a great guy. Yeah, what no one talks about him coming back. What we have done with him for the second half of the season. We might not have lost. Point. That's a great We really point. might not have lost. I know. I mean, it, it gave Anderson a chance to get on the field more. But and, hey, and that dude's a touchdown machine. Because we didn't have a true number one when he went down. Yeah. But yeah. Farouk, with all his faults and the fumbles, he had a couple dynamic plays here and there, but I would have loved to have seen Anthony and Anderson both in there at the same time. When you yeah. talk oh. about close losses, one player can make the difference. Or Brendan Thompson, who came out at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, so I mean, it doesn't seem like he not was to look at next year. year, but if if Brendan Thompson gets on the field more and Andrew Anthony's speed, I don't really know what defenses were going to do with Arnold's arm strengths. So that, that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, the ability to stretch the field should and could be a really lethal threat. And stretch the field with a quarterback who can get you the ball yes. Yes. as well, right? Yep. Yep. And I think that, and back to what you guys said, some great plays, some critical plays for us, both good and bad. I think overall, relatively disappointing season for Jaleel Farouk when mm-hmm. I think comes in as the highly touted receiver as kind of that, um, that stable point of that group. And... You know, makes a great play late against Texas, made some competitive catches, but overall, even from a statistical standpoint, not a definitely not a season that I think we were expecting for him. And I definitely think definitely not a season that he was expecting for himself. Well, and critical turnovers, not just in the bowl game, but obviously in the bowl game, throughout the entire season, just critical, bad positions to have turnovers. Luckily, they came in a couple times in games that didn't matter, like Tulsa, but it just but in the games the they did like, against Kansas, yeah. where I mean it, it is honestly the difference in a game at that point. Some of it Lebby by running him as as running right. back, but you know the other was was not, and so it was a, a an interception. That I think some players just you know you you want players to step up and fill a role that was filled by somebody else, but some players it's just not what they are, mm-hmm. and I think Farouk is a good second receiver third receiver he's not a number one mm-hmm. i'm not saying he can't make that jump and become that guy yeah he's not there but when when anthony went down and you start being the guy that gets the safety help over the top or you start getting the number one corner and it's just he just wasn't good enough for that that room is so deep and that's okay though like that right yeah, that's okay. that too. i mean that's we had the kid from purdue I mean, you've got guys coming back like Jaden Gibson who didn't get on the field a lot who are going to be pushing for a job. Um, Anderson. Anthony's coming back. Anderson's going to not not be on the field. He's Hopefully we still have that away. So that room is going to be really competitive. And I, I hope to what we've been kind of talking about with the defense, I hope we can get to a level of sustainability there where we do have solid depth in that room because mm-hmm. you go down a couple guys and all of a sudden you're running out the – you know, the Michael Joneses and stuff like that where you don't want those particular guys being the guys well, in place. and another area before we get, I want to get those defensive stats that are so impressive and how big of a jump we made from year one to year two under Benables. But before that, let's talk about a room that we had so much confidence in going into the season that didn't materialize and that'd be running back. Now, we, we a little bit of shakeup, 
some guys in the portal they're leaving um but some really good recruits coming in that has another chance of being a very strong room i i think there's every reason to have an ex- expectation that our running back position is very strong and very deep not to say that in any way demarco murray's on some kind of a hot seat but he is in a position where he needs to get those guys performing and we need to see, and we have to have that performance we're going to have to have that performance against sec defenses if we don't uh we're in trouble so we're going to have to have consistency. We're yeah. going to have to have a clear plan of some kind. I think it needs to be a number one, maybe a close number two, running back with a good solid number three. You might be able to do it with a, a one-two punch that is really interchangeable, but you've got to have depth and you've got to have consistency. That's exactly what I was going to say with the plan. Is is That's kind of where I felt that room was at all season. There just seemed not to, there seemed not to be very much vision in, in what we wanted our running backs to be, um, whether it be, and, and maybe even, at times, the running backs not having the actual vision they need to have on the field to be productive running backs. So, you know, I wish I wish Tawi Walker all the luck at Wisconsin. I think that's a great pickup. I think he'll do well in that system. Um, but to your point, Steve, I want to go into next season with a th- that clear path of of what, what we want to accomplish in that room. I mean, Oklahoma is known for for good running backs. Yeah. And um, and we better be we known for it in the SEC. Yeah, but we we need to show off our our skill, and there are some guys in that room that are are skillful. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I don't like scheme wise, and Lebby's gone now, so hopefully this changes. But RPOs are the new hip thing in college football for the last three or four years, and it's even transitioned to the NFL. But there, it's too much ask of multiple groups of positions. So. The offensive line, if it's an RPO, when the ball snapped, they don't know if they need to blow the guy off the ball. They don't even know if they need to back up and block for the quarterback. The running backs, they don't know if they're taking the handoff or if they're going to have to fake it and squirt out and you know go out for a pass or chip block somebody coming through. The wide receivers are going to run their routes, but they may also be uh, run blocking at the same time. It's, it's too much... You're, to me, it's too much of an ask on all three of those position groups to base everything that they're doing off of what the quarterback sees. And when everybody well, that's, the, that's the fourth ask is the quarterback. Yeah, you've got to have a quarterback. Right. Right. The you can't all be on the same page in that situation because that's that's literally eleven guys having to figure something out yeah. in a half a second after the ball snapped. And to me, you, that's just not it's not a recipe for success. I much would rather have. Um, the play's called, and you do the check with me offense. You yeah. look to the side. The coach says, "Go ahead and remember we're running," or you you check it to the audible, and it's you know either run the opposite side or just do the play or do the play or whatever. And to me, that seems like your best chance for success as an offense is when when you don't have to have eleven guys all having to think yes think the same thing randomly. I think I think it's a great point and probably underappreciated, especially when you talk about the NFL is doing it, when you try to transition or, or translate things that work at the NFL level and are needed at the NFL level to the college level, it doesn't always work for a number of reasons. One would be those guys in the NFL typically are actually high IQ guys. You don't you wash out if you're in the NFL and you don't have a, a quick mind. Yeah. And obviously you're a tremendous athlete. So you have to have all of those skills, plus you're going up against really, really good guys who can You've got to think to the next 3D chess level. 
in college, especially if you're one of the more talented teams, you don't have to do that stuff. Why are you overcomplicating it? Yeah. Just line up and out-talent them and beat your guy. Yeah. And it in in college, one guy doesn't do his assignment, and it can be lethal. In the pros, there's a guy back there to help out and to make that, you know, cover up some mistakes. It's not going to happen in college. So I think that's a good point that, that it probably is not something well-suited to college and, and definitely not well-suited to a team who tends to be, should tend to be, the team as talented as or more talented than the opponent. I mean, I think the guy that really kicked it all off was Chip Kelly at Oregon. They ran. A, they were really the the first RPO guys that I can think of, but they out talented m- almost every team in the Pac-12. Yeah, by far. But yeah, I mean, that, they, and it's a new look. That they were getting the fastest yeah, guys. Brand new thing. It was a brand new thing. He goes to NFL, and the first season he was at the Eagles. It worked great. It worked great. Yeah, and then everybody figured it out, and then nothing worked anymore. And then even at UCLA, he hasn't been as successful. Where the Pac-10's been, Pac-12 has been better right. than they were when he was. But it's also game. like like a leech situation, you know. When you're running the air raid, it works for a couple of years, but then it starts being figured out. I think the RPOs have already run its course, personally. That's good. And we point. need to get back to just regular football. Yeah, I think the by far the most frust- frustrating part of that play design is not allowing your offensive line to know what they're doing. Because the, even in our bowl game, I don't remember how long the play was, but we had a successful play down the field, and we got we got an illegal, illegal way down, down the field. Right? And they could have called that on every team all season long, way more than they even do. Because for that exact because reason, they don't what am I doing? Who you're, am I blocking? Am you're I lost? Am I waiting? Am I, what am I doing here as an offensive lineman? And if you're just going to blow off the ball, mm-hmm. just blow off the ball. Yep. And get your get, get your lanes open. Don't overcomplicate. Run it. You run it back too. Like, what, am I getting the ball? Am I not getting the ball? Yes, you're getting the ball, and you're running. Here's where you're going to run. Left guard and left tackle. Yep. This is where you're going. Get there fast. In the extreme, when you have, if you can bounce it outside, go ahead and bounce it outside. But, yeah, but this, that's, this is your area to yep. run the ball. Run, and you're going to get the ball. When in the extreme, when you have an Adrian Peterson, a Joe Mixon. Um, those type of running backs, and they don't have to be that good, but when you've got the the talent there, just give them the ball. You don't have to do all this stuff. Just give them the ball. Block and give them the ball, and let them make a guy miss. AD probably would have hated. Oh, my God. It would have been a crime to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It would have. And that's probably true of so many guys that are not at that level but are still really, really talented. Um, and, yeah. and I listened to Gabe and Teddy this week in the postgame, and and Teddy made a great point about you're letting the defense dictate what you do. Because when the quarterback is looking, it was it was kind of some Jay liked the Baylor offense, which Levy didn't run the full Bryles offense. But, you know, if there's five guys in the box you run, if there's six or more, then you pass or whatever. But in, even in that case, you're dic- the defense is dictating what you're doing. But if all 11 guys don't see it, then... It's and you don't, no want it, you don't want to rely on all eleven guys. I like your your point about just look to me. Yeah, and have the, the guy give you the signal and go. The Baylor thing wasn't a. It was a combination of what you're talking about. It was a count the numbers, but here's the definitive play. Yeah, it's you, A or B. Yeah, yeah, you're, it's A or B. It's not a combo of the two. Mm-hmm. Let's see who moves where. You look at it. This is a throw, so everyone knows. Okay, this is a throw. But then also, so our offensive line is blocking for pass. The defense is. The defenses know what's happening, and all the coaching staffs, and they've told told their guys, you you drop off like you're going to be before pre snap, 
the defensive end stands up, so you think, oh, maybe he's going to drop in coverage. Mm-hmm. But really, he's not, and they're bringing, well, a, safety, why they, they're bringing a safety up. That's probably why the RPO was created. Right. But, to counteract yeah. how successful that counting the box system was. Yeah. So they had to say, okay, well, well, how are we going to counteract them knowing yeah, we're probably an overcomplication of how to counteract it versus yeah. just sitting back and, and drawing there's something a, There's up. a lot more disguises in the defense now than there ever has been, I feel like. Yeah. As far as... Oh, I think so, too. You know, sure. dropping defensive ends a pass coverage and blitzing a safety. Yeah, he's had right. one stuff like player, that. too, that yeah. can do more roles. So, I mean, it's 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 hard, but the I just I hope we go away from RPOs. Well, talking about defense, give us, give us some information on defense because we made... A significant leap in defense this year. It, it shows up in the stats. I think it's even more pronounced when you look at the quality of play down the down the stretch, and the fact that we had some key injuries and we still were able to sustain ourselves at this higher level. Yeah. So from 2022 to 2023, um, we made a. This is a national ranking. Um, we made a 50 spot jump in rushing yards per play hmm. from what to what from 4.48 to 3.91 that's a big so it's difference. a i mean that's a full half yard that's a big difference for a run um where does that put us in the rankings 49th, 49th. so we went from so it wasn't quite a 50 it was from 90 it was 94th to 49th okay so, so it's a big move it's a big move um in passing yards per play it wasn't as large of an improvement we went from 58th to 42nd and it was only 0.2 yards per pass. We also had a corner that, I mean, Gentry was a sophomore and got injured, and then you're playing Can I Walker, you're playing... Yeah, arguably our best corner from what we saw early in the season, right? I mean, he's thrown at, and he he was by far the one I trusted the most to go up and defend a pass. So then you're running, like, young kids out there. What I do find interesting is that's a much closer margin um, of yardage, Mm -hmm. but still a 16- Team Rank jump. jump, yeah. So compared to run, where a half yard is pretty significant, point two was still a sixteen team jump. So who's to say another point two wouldn't be sixteen more jump, and all of a sudden you're a yeah. top twenty five defense in yep. the pass. Yeah. So it's really not that big. And then total yards per play, we went from eighty second to fifty fourth, um, from five point seven five to five point four, um, and then scoring. Um, Actually, scoring had the biggest jump of all. We went from exactly 30 points a game last year, ranked 99th in the country, to 23.5 and ranked 49th. That's very so. Big. That that's, was that's my number one category. That is a 50 point. That's huge. Well, and you go back and you look ranking jump. You go back and look. I mean, up until that Texas game, how which again opponents were less than than what we saw in the back half, obviously. Um, if our defense even plays to the, you know, three-fourths of the level that they were playing in those first six games, um, those stats are are just much, much better in my opinion. And we fell off pretty significantly in the secondary in the back half of the season because of injuries, um, inexperience, think, yeah. et cetera. Ex- experience depth caught up with us yeah. finally. So that was, that was tough. I mean, but... To be able, like you said, to be able to have the great front half that we have and the, the I mean, I'll even chalk it up to a relatively poor back half from a overall secondary, even defensive unit as a whole, to be able to sustain those and make those jumps even with that back half of the entire season is a, a great testament to what we're 
establishing and what we're kind of solidifying with this with this squad. Yeah, the year before, allowing 30 points a game, that's right at the cusp of we might win this game, we might not win this yep. game. But for this year, to be at 23.5, that kind of bodes really with what our record is. Yeah, where we it really does. Beat, the can- beat Kansas yeah. and beat Oklahoma State. 23.5 is enough to win every game. I was just about to every say the same game. thing. If we could, if you could lock that in I would, for uh, the future I with the offense we should expect to have, we should win every game. I would take 23.5 for the rest of OU history. Yeah. And yeah. There, there's a big big thing we haven't talked about. <clears throat> what is the most important position in the Brent, Brent Venables defense? It's the Cheetah. And we lost Harrington well, I think yeah, three, three games in the season. Game three, yeah. yep. I mean, what what difference would, could he have made in some of those tighter games? No, it was game two. We lost him in the SMU, didn't we? It was either two or he three. Played, he played, he had an interception to like seal the, not seal, seal the, the game, game against SMU. Against, against SMU. Like 20 to six or something like 20 to And he uh, seemed hobbled, but not yeah, like, hey, this is a season ending. And it was season ending, you know. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's a huge difference. It's, it's it would be remarkable to see what difference a healthy Harrington who sounds like we cheated position. Yeah, yeah, he's and like, and as you said, te- you know, preseason, um, Teddy who goes to a whole bunch of the practice and everything, he he said like that is the heart of the defense. Like Harrington was playing that good yeah. and that well. Like this is like the number one thing that's going to make this defense an elite defense was how well Harrington was playing. And the way it it has a knock-on impact is it causes other people to have to play more than they'd have to play and have to do more than they're going to have to Yeah, because the best example, um, which, you know, could have turned out good for him or for us, but Dolby, Kendall Dolby, Mm -hmm. was a season. He's a cornerback. Right. He He was the Juco Defensive Player of the Year last year as a corner. Not a not a cheetah, not a right. not a run guy, but once they started to see that Desan McCullough wasn't ready for coverages yet, they've had to find someone to move in there. It probably would have been um, Bowen, but he was banged up. But Bruce him banged up, yeah. yeah. And so Dolby did a great job the back yeah. half of the yeah. year filling in. Had a fantastic bowl game. Yeah, yeah. Kind of Dolby. Did. Yeah. So I mean that might be his new spot. Yeah. But that's just what you alluding to what you're talking about. It makes you shift players around. Yeah. And uh, Herte is the guy that you don't necessarily have to bring off the field. No, that was the whole McCullough point. was the guy that was in there for rundowns and maybe pass rush. Mm-hmm. And then Dolby was your coverage guy, whereas Harrington is both. Could do both. Yeah, Harrington's a legit 6'2", yeah. 215, where... Yeah. So if he gets he that extra, if he gets the medical year, which he should, yeah. that... He used to be a safety, of, right? Yeah. On yeah. top of having... Well, and to me also, Pearson didn't, didn't really... Do what he needed to do. I don't feel like. Um, yeah, it's I think coverage skills hurt. I think if Bowen would have been injury free, he would have taken that job probably game five, and you'd have had Bowen and Bowen both back there. So going into next season, we're not going to go too far into it, but getting getting all those D linemen back, you know, that could come back are coming back. Uh, Terry, uh, Lacy, Lacy, down, down, down. Armis and Tomlin. About Ford, is he going? Ford, we don't, Ford don't come. I guess I don't see where it sounds. Like I don't see why he wouldn't come back. Uh, yeah. Then you're going to add, you know, the David Stone and the Jackson coming in, and then for, a PJ, PJ, I mean, PJ. So your defensive line looks stacked. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Woody's coming back, which we had mixed feelings about that. You like, you like the experience. We like also, we also noticed that early in the season, people were not throwing at him at all, and they were more throwing towards Gentry, who was tackling everybody. 
And then later in the season, intercepting, intercepting her. Later that season, they started throwing towards Woody. So you have Woody and Gentry back. Um, hopefully, Harrington's back. If you've got Bowen and Bowman both at safety, but you're adding in McCullough, you're adding in um, Dolby. I mean, we got. I mean, Robert I, Spears, the, Jennings. The extra linebacker is really the only. The only question mark is: Does Canick take the step forward, or does Kip Lewis gain take that spot for good? RSJ may be one of maybe playing the best out of all of our safeties. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I it's going to be a real he's playing. He's playing spectacular. It's a good, you know, we're it's a good problem. We're finally getting to the. It's a good problem to have on defense. Where, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, you have when's the last time we've been able to say what that? star oh safety we play, you know, especially about our defensive backfield. Yeah. Like, yeah, our, we haven't said that in a decade. Uh huh. Not across the board like that. We had a Sanchez. We had guys in spots, but we didn't have the we depth. Didn't, yeah. We didn't have the full scale. This is no. It was a noticeable weakness somewhere yeah. in that like defensive you, backfield. If you know all three are healthy and you expect progress from a Bowen and even a Robert Spears Jennings, you know those th- you got those three guys battling for a safety spot mm-hmm. for two safety spots that are. Those are elite players. And they will play significant downs in all cases. Exactly. And on top of that, so we saw it a lot in the bowl, but how how much do you think that 3-4-4 that we ran in the bowl game with the three safeties on the field, especially with the talent we have in that group, how much do we think we'll see that? And again, not to go too far into next year. But yeah, I don't know if that was a, a bowl game. Was just was a Let's thing? see how it like, goes. We're not worried about the running game thing. Or? Well, it depends. If we, got, if we got the defensive line talent, too, um, I'm not saying that you're going to line up and do that against every opponent in the SEC, but there's definitely teams that you would love to have that fourth guy in the backfield. And, you and it gives me an opportunity to bring a linebacker up who can yeah. be a little bit faster. And yeah, it's, it's only more. a 3-4-4 four, four until the ball is snapped. Right. And then it, it, all of a sudden five guys are rushing the quarterback. So It'll be interesting. It's exciting. The defensive side of the ball is very exciting. So, yeah, there's, there's several young players that you hear – very highly things said about them that really didn't even get much on the field this year. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't heard knock on wood, but I mean, a Kobe McKenzie's a damn good football player. Yeah. And Canick is still learning. Uh, it did hurt. Scary it did hurt. He'd make the move just like Stutzman made. Mm-hmm. And he, if he can step up, and I don't mean he's going to be the next Stutzman, but if he can be a significant, he can make a significant leap for himself. Then that's a big solid contract. There's a couple interesting things that are going to take place because I do think when we had Kip out there and you had to move Danny, it it was robbing Peter to pay Paul yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there were some deficiencies. And there were we had more miscommunication issues. Mm-hmm. We had and if Danny's, you know, you have to do the math. But do you want a hundred percent Danny at this spot and a sixty percent guy here? Or do you want an eighty percent Danny and a seventy percent guy? Like, yeah, I think that's what we battled with a little bit there. So I don't know if there's going to be any off-season changes with that. Um, Not to or maybe Kip, or maybe yeah. Kip can just put on weight. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about transfers. Let's talk about where we are in the transfer portal, and that'll tie into I think our deficiency that we haven't mentioned, which is offensive line. And I've got some thoughts on offensive line and why it's a deficiency and what we need to do to get to the next level. But let's talk about where we are in the transfer portal, what we've lost, what we've gained. So, um, it's just lost. I don't know that we've lost any contributors. Outside of the ring. Outside of Kale. Okay, Kale. Yeah, you're right. Um, other than that, it was... Walker is arguable. Walker's an arguable loss, but we all kind of saw it coming. And we've got a lot of stuff coming in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
I think that we're adding guys where we need to add them with, with a lot to be seen about who we can get in terms of offensive line. That's the big area of deficiency. Um, obviously, that was what killed us in the bowl game. And it doesn't have to be. The, even if you said you're locked into the guys you have, you have to expect with an offseason they're going to be better than they were in the bowl game. They're probably not to the level you need them to be at and want them to be at. Yeah, I think Everett, um, just like most guys, are going to benefit from additional snaps and another year of Smitty. Uh, he looks like a a Ty Darlington type build, like yeah. not very big. Yeah, he's not. That's so, why I mean, that that's why when we had him at guard, we had to play him at guard for a little bit there. Uh, was it against Texas? <clears throat> And he was getting pushed into the backfield. That's when Kane Reed really came in was yeah, because he yeah. was getting pushed so far because he wasn't big enough for guard. Yeah. But we just weren't ready to throw Green or somebody out there for the Texas game. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going to guess that he's our center next year, and he'll just have more experience. He, he was a center before, but we needed him to come in and, yeah, that's and play natural, other positions. Natural, quote-unquote, yeah. natural position, right? But he just has to get you know bigger, stronger, faster, just like everybody else does. Other notable transfer, I mean, the Purdue wide receiver. Um, the Purdue wide receiver, I would assume, is the next Drake, but is faster and better. That's probably now, been, some of the intangibles you can't yeah. take away from Drake and his hands and always but, open his heart, but this kid's a better receiver. And speed, yeah. you know. Right? Um, and that's probably been our... If I can think about it, it's probably been our biggest ad through the portal, right? So far. I mean, that's that's someone that's someone who Texas really wanted. That's the number one wide receiver in the portal, yes. right? And again, like you said earlier in the pod, massive testament to Emmett Jones and what he's doing in that room. Oh, yeah, we're for a whole different pod. But, man, Emmett, Emmett Jones is, is trying to be poached currently right now by a unnamed SEC school with an elephant as their logo. Um <laughs> But we've got to hold on to him. Uh, he's just done so well. The the improvement of the players themselves, the recruiting is I insane. I hope that just like Brent, something that we wanted to see, we talked about it early, early on, and we're seeing it now, retains players. I think he can retain coaches that he wants. Yeah, I think Brent's probably got an idea that like, listen, dude, if you're going to come coach here, you're not taking a lateral move. Yeah. If you get a job that's an improvement. By all means. Yeah, do go happy for you. Yeah, we'll we'll celebrate it for you. We'll we'll put it out on all the twitters and everything <laughs> there is because that's that's great news for yeah, the. You're going to be a we're coach coaching you up. You're growing as a as a as a coach. You move on to a better job. That's great, and we want that uh, problem. But like it or you know, Alabama fans might not want to hear this, but a wide receiver coach at Alabama and wide receiver coach at OU is a lateral move. It is. If you're not getting a title, lateral play calling duties, you're not because here. To to one extent or another, you're you're kind of uh, you've got a lot of equity, and so you go there. Expectations are extremely high in an extremely competitive environment that you might get washed out because of bad luck. You're going to get more grace here. All else equal, this is the place to be. I would, I would live in Norman or Tuscaloosa. I mean, that's a no brainer. Yeah, I would it's not. It's it, well, it's it's not like you're saying we're going to go to some place fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think you're onto something there though. I think we've we've got that. As far as other portal stuff goes, um I saw we got a kid that's a local kid from Utah. I mean he's from Bethany. Yeah. Him from Utah, I don't know, three star probably guy. Yeah, he's got I mean he's not gonna come in next year and play. I mean he's not a didn't we and he's a preferred walk preferred walk on. Yeah, he's not even oh, a United They went from scholarship to oh, preferred walk. Yeah. So Which that's, that's, a, that's a huge get for the Oh no, no. I, I can't 
think of any of the players' names or their positions or whatever, but our preferred walk-on game under Brent is it's actually it's ridiculous. It's it is. It's, it's like Nebraska. It's it is amazing. Yes, insane. it is. I mean, you've got the Oklahoma Player of the Year is a preferred walk-on. Andy Bass. Andy Bass. Yep. There was a there's a receiver that we took out of somewhere in Dallas that had 26 scholarship offers to schools of the group of North Texas SMUs of the world and as a preferred walk on here. I mean, and there's 15 other guys that are just like there are. There's Ace Hodges. Legit uh, ballers. Out of uh, uh, Cassidy. There's just so many guys that you start stacking up and they want to come play and want to contribute. And it's that that's probably a, you know, that could be a competitive advantage that he maybe realized in Brent and, and company to say, hey, we can develop a lot of these guys, and we understand they either gonna they're gonna work here or they're gonna get a great year here, and then they can go on to something. Yeah, different I think in the in the in the transfer world, I think for our team, looking at it, you're talking about real deal scout teams, right? You're yeah. you're talking about competitive, yeah, competitive which scout is very teams. necessary. Nil has changed a lot of this because yeah. it's not like these kids are gonna get a bunch of money, but. They're, getting, you can they're say, in their scholarship, probably. Yeah, you can I mean, say you kind of prefer walk on, and we'll get you enough NIL that it'll cover your scholarship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll exactly. cover your tuition. Yeah. yeah. So now, like you said, the old old school before scholarship limitations. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, even during scholarship your, limitations, I mean, you've that's got your, they did that. You've got your eighty five scholarship yeah. players now, and you've got well, twenty more. They were doing that. That's when Nebraska scholarship was doing that. worthy players yeah. on the team. Now. That was exactly because what they were they're doing. And and it's a it's a it's a great situation where you can. Then see who works, see who doesn't, help them transition to somewhere else. It's a great machine if you get it working. One of the areas we'll need to get it working, I think, is offensive line. If I'm going to be charitable, uh, some might say being a homer about it for the sake of uh, Beanbow and the entire offensive line situation. When you're in a situation where OU has been recruiting-wise, where we have been in the woods, lost in many cases over going on now five or six years where I think we didn't have a coherent idea of what recruiting should look like, where Lincoln was recruiting anybody that had big-time stars by their name and was a skilled player and anybody else wasn't that important. When it doesn't wasn't a holistic look of what we're trying to build, you have limited resources and you have to focus where you have to focus. I think, again, to be charitable, Brent comes in and says, all right, what do I need to build first? What do I want to build my foundation on? Where do I focus my resources? And the last place happens to be offensive line. That's been the thing that's been overlooked and neglected. Now's the time to focus resources there. And my hope is, as you rebuild the machine, and you look at the Georgias and the Alabamas, they're not in this situation. They get to go and rebuild. Uh, for one, they don't have to rebuild that much because they've got the depth. It's not a rebuild. That they've always got somebody lined up. But they also can spread it around and work off of their brand name. We aren't yet yet at that situation where we hope to get to and we're getting towards, I believe. And so I think now the focus has to be on offensive line to say we need to put resources into this, go and, and shore up the deficiencies that we've got there. If nothing else, lack of depth would be a deficiency. And hopefully also with offensive coordinator, have a, a something that's a coherent focus all the way through the offense, not just at the offensive coordinator level, but here's everybody in a position who in a position coach who knows what we're trying to do, knows how we can get it all together. Kind of come back to what you were saying, Lucas, about let's have a game plan that is going to be a, a method for success everywhere. 
and let's have offensive linemen who can succeed in this system versus telling him, all right, here's what you got to learn. It's a really deep playbook, and you don't know what you're going to do when the ball snapped. Yeah, so we've got, I think we, we've mentioned briefly a pot or two ago, the Michigan State kid who played, I don't know, 22, 24 games in a row for Michigan State in mm-hmm. Um We got the other Michigan State kid. The other Michigan State kid. No, we don't have two. They're not both. No, we got two. We didn't. We didn't, we didn't get, get three. Third. We didn't get the third. No, 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 no. We only got. We only got one of the. Two. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just there it was just two. We only got one of the two. No, that's, there was two that came together, and there's a third that decided to stay at Michigan State. No, the other kids from somewhere else. Um, All three offensive linemen. No, the other kids from North Texas. Well, yeah. we only have two. We only have two. Center. No, he's a he's a guard, and he was like a a freshman All American type guard for them. I'm I think he probably comes in and plays right away at guard for us this year. Mm. Um I'm pretty sure he was recruited by Seth. Seth. Didn't play for him. Or which redshirted maybe his last year, but didn't play for him this this past season of course. Right. Um so he'll be our right guard? I think so. Everett I'm um Everett's are gonna be our center, I would think. Um Sexton probably moves to left tackle. You've got... And everybody gets stronger. Hopefully everybody gets into a system where they can understand where they want to be. I'd like to see us understand who is in what position earlier in the season. Stick with that. Before the season. And get it de- yeah, before the season. And get it developed so that when you're in early season, mid-season, you're rolling. Yeah. So I had good kind of banter with, with some fans about Beanbow because there seems to be kind of a no middle ground with them. They're yeah. just staunch, staunch supporters. And then there's people that feel like we could do better or mm. certainly he needs to do better. I feel like I'm kind of the middle ground. I've wavered do really you? hard back and forth. Because here's, here's my take on it. And my argument with, with some people was I get that he turns a player or two every season into more than what they were maybe projected to be. And I'm glad that those players make it to the league. I want, I want five good guys that work well together. You want 28? I don't care. You want 2018? We're great. Of course, great. But, but I, what, not, not necessarily elite. So 18 and 17, I don't want. Filled with elite. You want, you want, I say, when I, when I say good, I think of like average. Okay, I just mean, what I mean is. Contributors. I want. Solid. I, I, I don't care if we have a first rounder in Guyton. Mm-hmm. And then four dudes, right? Yeah. Like, I'd rather have five. Third rounders. Really good third, fourth round guys yeah. that yeah. play well together. I agree. And make just a cohesive offensive line. You want a unit. Now, of course, you want five guidance. That's yeah, obviously, absolutely. right? Of course, that's the truth. But so here's part of my argument with what frustrates me with Beanbow. Um, so here's here's his hit rate on high school kids. Okay. And this this is it's honestly it's pretty bad. Um <laughs> really it is. So just saying guys that like barely see the field or even are just serviceable playing time guys from 2018 out of four high school recruits, it's basically zero. Zero of the four made any impact. 2019, again, zero of the four made any impact at all. From 2020, you had Raym and Harrison. From 2021, you were 0 for 2 again in a high school, but you brought in Morris from Tennessee. And then from the 22 class, you had Sexton and Taylor, but Taylor's still not even really getting on the field that much. So it's just a Sexton. I mean, you're talking about 
like three out of 12, 15 high school players that are turning into contributors Mm -hmm. on this offense. Yeah. And that is not good enough hit rate. It's not good enough. Well, and it speaks to what we talked about after the bowl game is all the hit rate and stuff and all that, like, Bimbo's going and recruiting guys, and there, there's, there's a, there, there is an offensive line room, and regardless of what's out there on the field on Saturdays, the stuff that we're seeing on the field doesn't look like there's any, any secondary development. There's no development past those guys who are out there, and even with some of the guys that are out there, but put even a good unit out there, right? Guys that, you know, they work pretty well together. There's some deficiencies, but they, they work. Outside of that, we, it's been a long time that we've been able to say, oh, if, if so-and-so goes down, next guy up is this guy, and we feel okay about it. Like, it's next guy up, and like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if, we're in trouble. I, Even I, with Caden Green, like, we were like, oh, my gosh. Like, Caden Green's out there. Oh, my. Like, a true freshman is out there, and we don't know what's going to happen. Luckily, it works out, but you got to get some of those guys. Like, you got to hope that the Eddie Pierre-Louis guy is the next Caden Green. And you got to hope that it's not just Eddie Pierre-Louis. It's most of the guys that are coming in to say, hey, if, if this kid has to come in and play and has to step up, we we can trust him to an extent. Not to the extent that is he's going to be a veteran and a, a season starter. Weakness. But yeah, he needs to be someone who can hold the line. And you can still do your job but, effectively as an you offense. You know, it's hard to say. Maybe they're still tinkering with, you know, because of the portal, what is the ultimate best thing to do? I mean, maybe you can build your offensive line through the portal every year. You know, I don't, I don't know. want to do that. I don't think you want to, but maybe you can. I, that's that's why I C's don't know. Point, that's why Steve's point is so important. It, it reminds me of like, it reminds me of like a, a work situation where because we this, only took we only took Sexton and Taylor that two years ago. Yeah, that, right. we took two offensive yeah. linemen in an entire class. And it's where it's where it's it's like this company or a program is failing. And Britt comes in and he looks at the whole thing holistically and says, where are the big points of emphasis that we need to to save this thing? And they focus on defense. They focus on wide receiver. They focus on these other areas. And Bill has this track record of, hey, look at the guys that I'll turn who Look at what I've done. Like, you don't need to worry about me. I got this. All right. The whole program is fixed out of those other areas that we've identified. Now let's all look at Bill and say, all right, man, like we've got our house in order here. What are you doing to make us better? Or what do you need? And what do you what need, do you us, need yeah. us to do? Like how, how much NIL and how many visits do we need no, to make to get I mean, the guys? Next year, I, I'm not kidding. I, the, let's just say Arnold progresses how we think he's going to progress or look. I think it's all on Bill Beanbo. Yeah. If we are... Ten and two or seven and five. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're totally right. And that's where I put him. I talk to a friend at work and I say, in my mind, not that I'm a decision maker here, but he is on a some kind of a probation. And if you want to call that a warm seat, that becomes see, a people, hot seat. People call you crazy for that. See, I, insane. For, we're gonna have another. He's gonna have another first rounder this year, Steve. Yeah, I, no, I don't see it that way. I, I mean, to me, he's that's, gonna have three guys drafted this year. That's fine. You need to put it on the field, and it needs to be such a lockdown situation that we don't look at that as a weak unit. We should never look at a whole unit and say that whole unit is weak. It's and that's what we're able far, to say. It is by far the weakest And I've unit. got faith in the guy, Not and I've got faith in him. I, the team. Yeah, I think they can do it. I think they can get there. But I'm saying this is the make or break for him 
that he's probably got to do it or I'm going to get on the we got to make a change bandwagon. And I don't want to do that, but that's where I think we are. It's not going to matter for this next season, but the high school recruits um, currently going through like the Under Armour practices and stuff, the the bowl game and stuff today, um, they're performing very, very well and even exceeding expectations. And that's not even counting um, EPL, who might be the best of the bunch mm-hmm. physically. Um, but that doesn't do anything for next year. No. And, man, I the North Texas freshman All-American type kid, That's he could be great. It's still a North Texas guy that's about to go block Alabama <laughs> and Tennessee and South Carolina. and it, it, I, um, Dudes that were born at, like, two. 250 Gabe, have only gotten bigger since. You know, this seems strange to me, and I wish, you know, I wish I could talk to Gabe about it, but when he looked at film from the Michigan State kid um, that played tackle for them for the last 24 games that that transferred in here, he doesn't seem as a day one starter. Now, I don't know if that's just Gabe maybe saying he's not up to his level of what he thinks an OU right tackle should look like, but I'm going to think if you can play 24 games in the Big Ten as a starter right tackle, you can probably play okay yeah. here. You're, yeah. you're not going to just be like, guy. whoa, what's, what is this? What's going on? Right. Is this I mean, football? There's good defensive players in the uh, Big Ten. Big Ten. So, I mean, but, he was reviewing film and saying, well, he, he takes a little bit too long with stride on this, and he breaks it down for like all the basic movements, but that's where Beanbow comes in hopefully. and fixes some of those yeah. things. Yeah. And, but and Eddie Bill is great at that. Maybe he's good at the little tweaks and like the yeah. like, like the technique part of it. Yeah. But when it comes to what we're doing on Saturday and the the guys that we're putting out there, I don't know if that's his strong. But it's maybe so, if we it's have so weird though because, um, but it's also RPO line. stuff. As I was gonna say, yeah, and, and the lack of DC that. counters and yes. that stuff. If you fix the RPO problem that we I think we've had for the last two seasons, and you're these guys know what they're doing at the snap of the ball. They can get significantly better out of the guys that are on staff or on on yeah. the roster now, and that's what we said at Florida State. What that's what we said against Florida State. We uh-huh. ran a base offense, and we just let our guys go and eat, and they did. And, and now that's what and it was great. We're getting that's oh, the hopefully. that's hopefully. the best offensive line performance that we've had to date since then, right? Like since that, I can't think of a better offensive line performance that we had all season this year. That matched the offensive line performance I mean, we had against we Texas. They did good. We held our own. Texas, Texas was great. That's true. Yeah, with a good we did shut and sweat yeah. down. But outside of that, I mean, and that's that's I running. I don't think it's I don't think it's so much. And I think we're being nitpicky because we, we, we should, should be though. We should have better than than what we have. The line was, the line was good this year. Okay, we the the numbers bear that out. Okay, yeah, the, we weren't sacked an excessive amount of times. We did have enough success in the run game. It's just, late, as, late as yeah. we mentioned on other aspects, we're more talented than everybody else. So it should look we better. Standard. We have a standard. Right? But next so, year we won't be. Exactly. We won't be more talented than probably four the team can play. We'll be right there. <laughs> We've got a lot of time to talk about it. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about it. Like, we need to look, we need to look more at it, look at it more and maybe don't need to, but I'm going to try to look at it more from it's an opportunity. It's not an oppor- It's not just an opportunity for the kids that are in that room. It's an opportunity for Beatonbo to go and say, "Hey, shut up on your podcast. I am who I know I am, and who I who the the guy about uh, the Joe Moore who my who my loyalists say I am, and 
go put out a line that can compete in the SEC. I mean, I thought, I thought this year was, I thought the offense was going to look completely different than it looked. I thought, I thought we were going to run for 300 yards a game after that Florida State game. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, these guys haven't played together. They haven't gelled. They're not used to each other. They're all going to be back. It's, this going to be uh, this entire line for next year. It's Saw Chuck. It's Barnes. We, we kind of skipped over the running back talk. We just right. flew into something else. But that whole scenario, I don't know what went down with the running backs this year. I don't know if it's DeMarco thing. I don't know if it's a levy thing. I don't know if it's an injury thing. I just hope it's not that way again next year. Got to hope it's a levy I'm thing. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was a levy thing. Levy, and I'm saying levy design, levy theory, levy whatever. And that it's going, it's an opportunity to succeed now because that, uh, what I think is a failed model and will, I think, fail miserably at, Mich- at Mississippi State, and especially will because of the competition they're going to face. I think we're going to see something very different. And that's where my tolerance is going to be done if we don't see that kind of production because we've got to see something different. And all of those other guys, starting with Seth Luttrell, has got to be really serious about it, and that's a really tough spot to be in when you're an uh, in-law family member with the guy, but you got to be professional and say you are or are not the guy for the job, and I give him every chance to be the guy for the job. I really hope he is the guy for the job, but I'm, but I'm concerned, and I'm definitely scared. I think it got sexy to, to have a multiple running back system, right, or... or specifically for plays or for downs or for whatever. And I think when you really just go back to it, you've got to have a guy mm-hmm. and give him the ball. Mm-hmm. It's the vision that we've well, got to have a guy. eventually got to. Yeah. You I mean, you just you have to Good give someone, uh, maybe of all positions on the field, excluding a quarterback, that player has to get in the groove. Yeah. They have to. And to get rid of Think about what we did, the was it the 20 season when Ramondre was – Suspended, yeah, and, and comes in, and, and we looked horrible for five, five or six games, and then he came back, and our rushing offense tripled. Yeah, yeah. once Ramondre got in there. Well, and it's it, it you can't have Mixon and P Ryan back there. That that's the that's, that's a the fantasy. dream. That's yeah, a fantasy that's, yeah, you're not going to have Mixon and P Ryan in there that are two different kind of backs that are both explosive and incredible at at all facets of the game. Um, you, you're probably just going to have one guy that you hope can be the dude, and then he gets spelled by somebody And Sawchuck, when he can stay healthy, looks like he can be the dude. Yeah. Like you're and right. It's to a, and I know we're trying to wrap this topic up to move on, but real quick, to a lesser extent, it's it's similar to the problem that Oklahoma State faced with their three-quarterback system that yep. they were running and wouldn't make a decision. And someone finally came in the room and said, we're going with this, we're going with uh, Bo, uh, Bowen. Bowman, Bowen. and this is what we're doing. Someone needs to do that, put their foot down and say, this Sawchuck's our guy. He's the guy we're going to ride with. Yes, these other guys are going to be here in support when he's gassed or whatever else. But if he's ready to go and his legs are good, he's going. Put your foot down, run the offense, run through one guy. Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, have a Kennedy Brooks out there. We are Oklahoma. We can have a dude. Like, there's no excuse not to. So And and who's going to emerge and who's going to be my guy? Figure it out and figure it out soon. Yeah. And if and let that guy be the guy, and let someone else take the position from him, if so be it. And it, let that op- let those opportunities be there. Right. Let the opportunities be there to say, hey, you, we're going to give you guys every opportunity to take it. But what- maybe they did. I mean, I don't know. Again, maybe that's call it injuries, call it indecisiveness, call it 
fairness, trying tr- keeping people on the roster. I don't know what you want to say. It. We tried to find three or four guys mm-hmm. to be the guy early, and maybe Solchuk was just too injured to do it. Barnes apparently was injured too much the whole season <laughs> right. to do it. And Major uh, just wasn't that guy. Major just wasn't the guy that they I think they'd hoped. Tawi did all those things right that you want to see in practice in different things, but come Saturday, he did good, but he's not... He's not the guy that you see breaking away, breaking away in the and, secondary um, to to score a touchdown so, for 60 yeah, yards out. I'll be does great Wisconsin. I, yeah, I, I agree. I did too. I'll be rooting I just for think sure. this... Hopefully this was an anomaly of a... And guys, we were 10 and 2. Over running backs. That's what's so crazy. We were 10 and 2. And again, one play away in two games. One play away in two games. And I know it's going to get harder, but we we are, I think, like you said, Jay, we're, we're being a little nitpicky and it, we should be because we are, a, we, we hold a higher standard than a lot the of these stakes, teams. The stakes are right. That's what we do on this podcast, though. It is. Right. And you know what? 10 and 2 becomes 12 and 0 if you get a couple of plays. And that means you're in the playoffs. And let's talk about the playoffs. So the, the semifinals. Were this past Monday, and I honestly can't say they could have gone any better than they went, given who was in there. That great, was exactly what I, it was. Awesome. Absolute great football to watch. Just in in just for a football fan, a sports fan, still got to start them earlier. But it got to start them earlier. That was a late. Got to start them earlier. That was a late night. Florida State deserved to be there, but we would not have gotten to see the quality of Rose Bowl that we saw at Florida State. I think it would have been. I'll go on this limb. Florida State with all their players, not even their quarterback. Mm-hmm. That defense was really, really good. Yeah, they might have lost ten to nothing. They might, they might have, it might have been a ten nothing. They might have been as competitive as Alabama was. And I, I Alabama, think the way Milrow played, I think they could have. Yeah, and, and when you look at the fact that Alabama benefited from three horrific punt return mistakes by Michigan, it shouldn't have been as close a game as it was. So it was very good. I. I'm kind of indifferent on Michigan, but I definitely wanted them to beat Alabama. I wanted Alabama out of the hunt. And I think all good people of faith wanted Texas to lose. And what happened in that Texas game? Tell me. I did. I fell asleep. What, what did did they come back on against Washington? They had the ball. I, I saw them. They had the ball like the 13 yard line. Do you remember Lucas? What and, happened? And they were about to. They were about to, to go into the end zone. Did they? Did they score and win? Oh man. It sure felt like they were going to. I got. I thought they were going to. It was. It, it was about to be the worst. As hell. The worst possible <laughs> event that could have happened. Was, they, did, they did not was pull it a Dylan Texas to Anderson. A, there's yeah. no way they should win this game. And it, I fully believe if somehow Texas scores and wins, they win the national game. But they didn't. I they know did they did not win. It was beautiful. They did not win. It was so beautiful. Was about awesome. I don't know if I've been that nervous in a non-OU game. I couldn't tell you the last time <laughs> I felt... I felt it in the stand. Like, uh, they were showing Washington fans yeah, in the stands. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel. I, I was like, at ease because I went to bed at the end of the third quarter <laughs> and just figured, I hope when I wake up, Washington wins and Texas lose. God. Oh, it was. How about what Georgia went out and did? You kind of. Yeah. Kirby put it on him to kind of say, hey, we should have been in this playoff. But respect for respect to Kirby afterwards, though, and trashing the the system yeah I, terms, say, I think Kirk, i think Kirby of, put it on the system yeah. saying i think he told his team all these guys yeah. opting out and all these like something has to change and and it will change it that's will change with the 12 team totally things are going to mean more but um good for him for coming out and saying that after a straight up ass whooping just you know, a demolishment in that, in that orange bowl. and it was really sad if i if if i were and i know this is a lot to ask but man what i wanted to see was the florida state team either completely opt out or even more beautiful, walk off the field and not play 
in that game. They could have claimed a national title. They could have exited with an undefeated record, and it would have really stuck it to the powers that be. It was unfortunate to see them have it because history is going to remember a 63-3 to thrashing. They're not... A kid's going to say, Dad, look at this. What are you talking about? Somebody said Florida State was supposed to be there that year, and he's going to have to remember and explain to them, oh, yeah, that's right. Here's how they got screwed because they're going to see that thrashing, and they're going to, and they're going to look at the record and say, Florida State must have not been any good that year. And that's why the committee did what they did, and that's not true Simply at all. Not and you can, you, know, you can credit Michigan, but Bama did not look good. No, they, they looked like the, the – Team that played Auburn, they not this very team beat Georgia, very average. Sure. Yeah, as good as these semifinals were, it's the ACC's fault that we didn't have a 12-team playoff this year. That's right, because this would have been. That's right. I mean, Ole Miss looked good in their bowl game. Um, Penn State did not. Penn State did not. Uh, I, well, I think I think if it would have come down to a 12-team playoff this year, we probably would have got in because they would have they would have adjusted that nine, ten, eleven spot. Yeah, Mizzou probably would have got in. And then I don't think Penn State, I think we would have jumped Penn State as far as getting you. So it is fitting for the ACC that they're the ones who said no and they got screwed out of the deal. Um, It would have been an incredible, so many, so many good teams in college football this year. It would have been, well, you got a team like Georgia that didn't even get a shot at it. And and that's unfortunate. I think think Georgia, I think Georgia would have won won the national title. Oh, I think think so too. Well, they're not going to play for it. I'll tell you who's going to play for it. It's going to be Washington and Michigan. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about um, all of, all of um, the last game of the season and who might be, the the champion of of our league because we do locks of the week the realest deal locks of the week locks of the week are brought to you by five star concrete david and josh local business servicing the metro area from patios sidewalks driveways shops and more call them or text them at 405-306-3014 or look them up on facebook five star concrete locks of the week guys this is our last chance to do locks of the week and for one, I have to say that I'm very glad it's our last chance to do Locks of the Week because I am tired of losing of the week. That's that's kind of what L-O-T-W stands for me. I'm going to run through where we stand. I was 0-3 last week. Connor and Lucas were 1-2. Jake, you knew what you were doing. You're 2-1. That's a very respectful boy, number. Jay. Yeah, Bama let me down. Yeah. And, and, let me and boy, but I sure did cover easy money with yes, Georgia did. and Oregon. The yeah, lock, locks of the century, is that what you called it? That was... You and and those I'd be the line. Those were the two of the three was, biggest lines in all the bowl. Honestly, season. with and you went and got them. We just mentioned it with with all the opt outs of Florida State. I just knew that line for Georgia was you could have you could have made it forty five. I'd taken Georgia. <laughs> well, for the season, I am 29, 21, 29 and one for a forty two percent win record. Jay, you're twenty four and twenty seven, forty seven percent. Lucas, you are 28 and 23, a winning 55%. And Connor, you're leading the way, 29 and 22, 57%. Overall, as a group, we are 102, 101, and 1. <laughs> it rounds to 50%. We, we win half the time. Guys, insane. half the time, we are right all the time. That is so crazy. We are so damn awesome. Well, they um, yeah, they, they, they love my money. So let's make some locks of the week for this championship game, and um, we're gonna we're gonna let you two go last, but you have to go, Lucas, before Connor, because you guys in the ESPN, you you're neck and neck to to see who can win it. You have to take opposite uh, positions. 
All right, so here we go. We're going to make our picks for the game, and, and Jay, you and I are just academic here. Um, we're not playing for anything but style points and trying to get our record a little bit closer to 50-50. You guys are playing for all the marbles, so if you both pick the same team, Lucas will win because he'll, he has more points in the SBN. If you pick different teams, then both of you still have a shot at it. And I can catch him in locks of the week, possibly, too. Uh, you would be able to. We'd be even. Yep. You yeah you'd be you'd be you'd be even that'd be oh that's doubly good. All right. I hope I hope we have two people picking two teams or one team and two people picking the other and that ensures our fifty fifty for the season. That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be perfect. That'd be is if there's any way we can lose all four of us and all pick different teams and that's the way it'll go down. That is all right. So all things considered, um, when I look at it, I look at the fact that I am twenty one and twenty nine and one. I can't trust my instincts. My instincts are the Michigan defensive line is going to wreak havoc, that that I look at the defensive line of Washington and they look like small little guys. I just feel like Michigan's going to win the game. Therefore, I'm picking Washington to cover four and a half points. That doesn't mean they win, but it's, it's a narrow game. They very well might win. So I'm going to pick Washington uh, plus four and a half. What do you got? I felt good about Washington beating Texas. I did not think Michigan was going to beat Alabama. I was impressed with Michigan's defensive line. Um, they really got after it. Their offense is still fairly putrid, but Washington does not have a, a very good defense. I'm, I was surprised at Texas's lack of success. Um, I'm going to take Michigan. Um, Minus four and a half. I don't like it. I don't like Michigan. I don't like Harbaugh. Washington, of course, has a puncher's chance. They get an early lead. I think Michigan's in real trouble. But because McCarthy can't pass, I just don't know if they're going to be able to hold up against you know how many big offensive linemen and tight end Michigan throws at them. Mm -hmm. And Texas did get pressure, did not get home. I think Michigan gets home. More than Texas did, so I don't know. All right, Lucas, what do you got? I'm going to go with Washington. I think that um, as good as I saw Michigan's line play against Bama, that Washington's receivers are the best in college football as a group. Um, I, I watched Penix just throw these bombs down the field on great coverage from Texas, and the Mich and the Washington guys were just pulling the ball down. I mean, there was this incredible catch after incredible catch over and over against good coverage. And so I think Penix is smart and doesn't do a bunch of crazy stuff with the ball, and that will help them. And I just don't have any faith in McCarthy or the Michigan receivers as as bad as I think. Well, I don't think Washington's defense is bad, but I don't I don't think they're good except for the fact that they can just focus on stopping the run and l maybe leave their corners on an island because I don't think McCarthy can beat them. So, like Jay said, if Washington gets out to a 14 nothing lead or something like that, I don't think Michigan can come back just because they're not and good enough to throw the ball. So I'm going to take Washington right. plus the four. Well, congratulations, because, Connor? That's going to be interesting. Uh, no, I have Washington as well. <laughs> uh, I've got Washington not only covering, I have them winning the game as well for um, – Many of the same reasons that we've mentioned. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that defensive line for Michigan 
um, and what they can do to Penix. That said, we saw Penix under pressure quite a bit. Uh, not quite a bit, but but you know to an extent last uh, in the in the playoff game, and the dude just I mean every time I thought he was throwing a ball away or every time I thought he was overshooting a receiver. He puts it on a dime, and if his receivers can do anything close to what they did on Monday, um, that you know that that attack is going to be a lot for Michigan to handle. So um, I also have Washington. Um, Lucas, congratulations, uh, you win the SPM picks. But um, hopefully for this case, we can get three out of the four yeah. um, locks and uh, carry a carry an above fifty percent um, and above fifty percent finish to the season so we'll, we'll see we'll see about does, that does anybody think that if michigan wins this game there's an asterisk because of all the uh spying scandal over the last three seasons with you know connor stallions and all that does does anybody think that down the road maybe i mean even after the game will there be any pundits come out and say it's that, an asterisk that it's you know tainted yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so. so. I, I think, think so. so too. And and that's going to really put that would put a big um, asterisk on the whole thing because you've already got Florida State not participating. You've got Georgia not participating. And so then if they go ahead and win it with all the controversy of that, then it's like the whole thing is a little bit rotten. Yeah. Um. It's going to take. It's it's going to be one of those things where we talk about this season and say yeah, but in a lot of different respects. But let's do one last thing. Hold on. Do you think, real quick, uh-huh. um, if Washington does win, I think it's the first time since they really started figuring this out around 2004 or so, like the, the blue chip ratio, mm-hmm. they are by mm-hmm. far, they're the only team under that blue chip ratio You're right. that would have won a national championship. You're right. And, last, and every time that that's happened, that a team like that has been in the championship, a la Oregon, et cetera, they didn't do real well. <laughs> and Michigan's, of the four that made it, Michigan yeah. was the third right. blue chip ratio, but at least they're on that threshold of like 55%. Right. Um, it's you know, normally 60%, but Washington is down at like 35% blue chip right. ratio. It's re- They it's will bad. be by far the least talented, quote, mm-hmm. recruiting ranking-wise to win enough. It's a very interesting point. Now, does that include? I don't know if they've done well enough in the transfer portal ever to to overcome that. Yeah, gap. I, I don't know. I if don't know if that's been, come up with that'd that be interesting to see if they've closed that gap a little with with any of that. I mean, hell of a job that coach has done there. Yeah, um, I mean, he he's in his third season there, I think, or second. I think it's just a second. his second. He's the one come from lower division. He came from Fresno State, and he, I mean, it's he's done an amazing job. It's funny we we saw him. Maybe in a little bit of a, a green moment at the end of the game the other night, you know, I'm with this clock management and with how he tried to close out that game. Um, did I mean it's Washington did almost everything they could to lose that game. Um, regardless, they're there. Uh, I think Texas is probably going to be kicking themselves a little bit. I think you you know you look at the field of those four teams. Texas, from a talent perspective and, and an overall just skill standpoint, they they are they may be the best team out of those four. That's the best part uh, for me, so. based on Twitter and, and mm-hmm. arguing with Texas fans. Is man, you guys really your an opportunity yeah. here because this is it's. Oh. I don't want to take anything away from the teams because I think they're all good, but it is it is a weak mm-hmm. four team playoff. It is, 
compared relative to who could have playoff. And who could have been there? Well, there's just yeah. no. George is not in it. There's right. just no super. We've had a run of. Wow, every year there's been one team that's just like these guys. One or two. Alabama, Clemson in those years. And unfortunately, we are always in it. Yeah. Yeah. We're always playing them. You know, we played the Deshaun Watson Clemson team, uh, the -hmm. Joe Burrow LSU team, Mm -hmm. the the Tua led Alabama team. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just in on and on. Every time we got in, it was like, wow, we're really facing a, a juggernaut of a. A team. Well, I mean, in even Texas, the Georgia team. Was yeah, the Georgia team. Was, well, and that's us. And even, I mean, as much as Texas is kicking themselves, how much is Georgia kicking themselves for choking away that SEC championship? Yeah, Georgia yeah. should have been three times. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's a they lost to. I don't know how they lost to Bama. It's a really big misstep. That's a huge. Between watching Alabama's Auburn game and watching their Michigan game, I don't know how they beat Georgia in between. And so, another thing that's delightful is to think about all those Texas fans who were driving and drove over and watched the Sugar Bowl and the semifinal and had to go drive through Houston on their way back, which is where their championship would have been. They could have slept in their own beds and gotten up and drove the less than three-hour drive to watch their team play for a national title. They're not going to get to yeah, do it that. It was all set up for Texas. It was yeah. so set up for Texas. That's Crazy. just incredible. Love it. Well, one last thing for us to do. Let's make some too soon, too early predictions on OU's regular season record for next season. I didn't know that was just on throwing the that out there. It's on the agenda. It is now on the agenda. So what do you think they're going to be? Just give me a record. You don't have to tell me who they, uh, how much they win every game by, but I know we're going to say, uh, you know, 12-0 and 0 in every case. We do have seven home games and one neutral side. That's right. That's, that's something. That's yeah. something. That's eight out of 12. Right there you there. go. So what are you saying, Lucas? We're starting with you. Uh... I'm going to say, see, our road games are Ole Miss, Auburn, Mizzou, and LSU. LSU. I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight and four next season on our way too early pick. All right. Connor, what do you got? That's where I'm at as well. I'm at eight and four. Um, not happily. I I could see us being nine and three, very, I mean, as, but a little bit more towards eight and four. Uh, I I just think it's, it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system, not only as a as a fan base and as a, a diehard fan like I am and like we all are here, um, but it it's a grueling schedule. I mean, regardless, even even the home games we have are, are not going to be, you know, these layups that, that we have, um, you know, like we've maybe have been used to a little bit. In the Big 12. Home game in the Big 12, I feel like there's there's every, every reason to win every single one, um, whereas now this is a little bit more difficult. So, we'll see. Man, that that uh, Tennessee quarterback, that, yeah. that's a scary-looking dude after watching him play the bowl game against a good Iowa defense. I mean, they won 35 nothing against a defense that has held tons of teams under 20, and that dude didn't find out he was starting until like four days before the game or something. Yeah. And that guy looked awesome, and, and that's a yeah, he was, scary. He was, another, he was a five-star kid. He was very highly rated. And Heupel's going to have a axe to grind, obviously, coming back home. So yep. Heupel's okay. terrible on the road. That'll be a scary game. And we are going to be up for that game. Yes, we are. I, it's going to be something. I, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but Aiden Fours, what I was going with, too. I'll put the caveat on very capable of a 10-win season. So I, I, think like that's our, I think that's our map. I, th- I think the O-line plays better than we think. And Jackson Arnold is who we think he is. I think ten is the is the max, and well, it's, it's still make the yeah. playoffs. I can see ten I think being the, the ceiling and seven and five being the, the yeah. floor. Well, I would say uh, 
I'd have to disagree with that. Bad. I'd have to disagree with that. I mean, I, that's a that's a safe range, but our our ceiling is twelve and zero. Our ceiling is definitely twelve and zero. We are definitely capable of winning every game. That's I don't. Possible. I don't think that here on out possible. Well, of course it's possible, but I don't think from here on out we're going to see those type of records anymore. With the way the Big Ten is, it's going to be very the way hard. the SEC is now. No, that's I just hard. don't see it. Anymore. It's going to be very hard. outside the group of five. Yeah, Big 12. Well, I just meant from those Who two. Cares? No, from those yeah. two leagues. And the group of five, Big 12, the group of five, the ACC. The group of six. So I would say that there's there's two things that, that influence me that change, give me a different per- perspective than you guys. One, I take to heart what Jay said in his stats about how we made the elevation and the, the big jump from year one to year two. I see us continuing to make jumps and strides in the right direction. I think that we've got a very soft schedule to begin the season with four straight home games. We should give us plenty of time to get things in gear, to get Jackson Arnold seasoned to where he can compete at the level we want him competing at and can can then build on that. I look at the fact that I looked at the Farmer's Almanac and it's going to be a snowstorm on November 23rd when Alabama comes to town and they're not the first the first of 2024 yeah I like it and so it's or ice uh, storm even better it's gonna be yeah it's good they're gonna argue about if we can play the game or not but we're gonna play it and we're gonna win we'll spend the night here the week before so you make sure that we're we're having to drive the the conditions that's right we'll go solve the side I'm gonna say we're nine and three and I very much think ten and two is on the table eight and four starts to become fairly disappointing actually so I've shift I'm, I'm a little bit of a shift um, and I have more upward expectation than I have um, it, as far as tolerance for, for underperformance there in, in terms of losses. Uh, I'll be pretty disappointed if we're 7-5. and five. I don't know how we can be 7-5, and five and I'd be happy with it. And, and Yeah, even in the SEC, 7-5 is well, pretty I didn't say I'd be happy with it. Well, I know, I, you said that's a not happy with it, but that's definitely a possibility in your world. That's not even a very much of a also factoring in all the stats that Jay read about how good the defense was, and I do think they made a very big step this year. But even when we were going into the season, we talked about how pathetic this year's schedule was. So of course we better have made a big step in defense because the schedule was a joke. We didn't, you know, we the out of conference we didn't have anybody tough. SMU, SMU. SMU gave us a run. SMU is a good team, but the, we're but they're not a perennially major major league team. But they're a better team. But we and, we and we've had plenty of years where we played Florida State, Miami, Ohio. State. Yeah, but we've also we've also talked about how and this year did, we didn't have one of those. teams. SMU is probably as good as Florida State when they came. To we town. didn't have one of those teams on the schedule this year. Well, but we and they're we, probably as good as Miami when they came to. Town. We talked about how quote unquote pathetic it was going into the season, which turned out to be a stronger Big Twelve schedule because of how. Decent, the teams that we ended up the playing were up being a little better. So I mean, Kansas yeah. ends up being better. Oklahoma State is a Big Twelve runner-up, and not, again, yeah. they're not asterisk asterisk. So, um, but well, I mean, pass interference. The teams we avoided were Kansas turned State. out to be the bad teams. Kansas State was the only one we avoided that was any good. Yeah, and they were also so good. And they weren't that good. Tech were yeah, good. yeah, they were Tech so were bad. Good. Baylor was TCU bad. was not any good. TCU wasn't good, and we beat them. So I don't know. So. And 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 I would say that we have to look at the SEC schedule next year with the same unknowns that it they might not be as good as we think they're going to be there and, and and some teams may be better than we're giving them credit for i think there's three no question tough games at least i think three underdog games would be the most we've had in the season. texas 
we, we probably haven't been an underdog three times in the regular season in, in a, and we'll a see long. we'll see what LSU ends up being and yeah that could be our fourth you know, that could be the fourth so I mean in that because that's that's especially. and that's the last game of the season Missouri we might be an underdog in Missouri depending on yeah if, if they carry over what they did this year we'll see I I Missouri's a team I'll, I'll believe it when I there finally a lot see of it for, I just don't think they're going to be a lot of my pessimism is is sheerly based on the fact that. I'm going to have to see an offensive improvement to believe it type of thing. Mm. And it's going to happen quick. And I think you can go and you can prove that you have an offense if you go and you beat the crap out of Tennessee when they come into town for that first SEC game that we have in Norman. And then you in can September. in September. And then you can turn around and go to Auburn and alternatively beat the crap out of them. Or maybe not even that, maybe just win. Because that place is going to be just as riled up as as anything else. I think so. These teams are going to be absolutely on fire to play us. That's, I think that's so another too. part. I do think so too. That's good. Uh, we are going to. We're used to getting people's best game. We're definitely up there for all. The, they're going to want to prove that we are not coming into this league and we're not going to win ten games, and it's not in their house. Which is maybe a little bit more interesting for Texas than it is for us. Because not more only of a you, target on there, yeah, back. more of a target. You have a Texas team who went, they win, they win the Big Twelve to close it, close their tenure in the Big Twelve out, and they go to a playoff with a with a really good team. You have, and they beat Alabama, and Bama. they beat Bama. So I mean, um, both those guys have a target on their back. Though. Yeah, it, it's just it, not it, to mention the name and the prestige, the blue bloodness. Uh-huh. I mean, that's awesome. It's not like you know Missouri and A and M came in and. Missouri went to they went to two straight. they went to two straight SEC championship games. Yeah. Now they were in the East, which was the easier of the two. It was a, yeah, not a great preseason. Never never done anything yeah. just like any other conference they've ever been in. So late Mark Rick Georgia. But we're coming in with a decided target on our back, unlike when those two teams came in. Yeah, that's very true. So we got a lot. It's going to mean a lot more. It's going to mean a lot. It's going to for sure. So much more. Well, we're going to be back soon to talk about the championship and talk about other things that have transpired, and including any late developments in the transfer portal. Until then, Boomer. Sooner. Sooner.